Hey everyone, and welcome to the Old Fashioned Breakdown Podcast, a rewatch podcast for the mind-blowing TV show Mad Men. My name is Fola Olakumbi. And my name is Helen Varley. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, comment and subscribe, because if you haven't done that already, what are you doing? Also, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter, which is at breakdown underscore old, or email us on oldfashioned.breakdown at gmail.com. You can read our terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> that's my best, that's my best voice for that. <laughs> this week, we'll be recapping the last five weeks of the show because we know our podcast can be a bit long and new stuff comes up and we kind of feel like we'd like to discuss it so uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna go through some of the old shows and uh, like try and make it really short we're not allowed to spend more than 10 minutes on each show right i mean here's the thing so yes. as i probably said before I don't remember anything that happened like longer than five minutes ago. Uh, right. So, <laughs> so this episode is mostly going to be Fola reminding me of what happened, what, what's <laughs> happened, and then adding more to his already elaborate theories. While I just go, oh yeah, that was the episode where Joan wore that nice dress, and that's that's how this is going to go for me. So, all right, well, let's do it. First up, it's episode six, Babylon. In this episode, Don works out how to market Israel to the world. Peggy surprises the boys and Helen starts to hate Roger. I mean, you know, who doesn't hate Roger? <laughs> we all hate him. <laughs> yes, this was the... Uh, do you remember this episode? This was the one with um, with the two-way mirror. And you've got... Um, yes. And you've got um, Joan sort of like bossing the whole room and telling everyone what to do. And everyone's watching them and sort of leering at them as well. And uh, this was, yeah, this was kind of... I said this one was about ideology. Do you, do you remember anything about this one? I know it's kind of... So I do. I remember the lipstick thing. Yes. Um, uh, who's Helen? <laughs> you, you're Helen. Oh, me! Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, you have to leave that in. <laughs> me, me, I'm re- I'm re- I was just reading that out. Like, Fola wrote the script for what happened in the episode. I and I just I, read it out and thought, like, yeah, like oh, Helen, who's I, Helen? <laughs> I totally forgot that I put it there. <laughs> oh my god. This I is how professional you. we are, everyone. This is uh, <laughs> rubbish. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Helen Helen did that did happen, but it didn't happen within the episode. Um, no, that's weird. I thought you I honestly thought you was gonna hate Roger um for cheating on his wife uh with uh with Joan. See, I think, I mean, and I think there's a lot of this. This episode, we talked about people's self sense of uh, entitlement, and I think this episode really is that, isn't it? It's that whole thing where, yeah, no, I think you know, with the lipsticks and the whole like the guys sitting behind their glass and sort of looking, thinking they're entitled to be behaving the way that they're behaving. Yeah. Um, and you know, Roger clearly just using the lovely Joan, who we love. Is this the one where she with the birdcage? Yes, this is the one with the birdcage, uh, yes. This is all the right. one with the birdcage. My big thing with this one was ideology, right? I was saying that this one's about, uh, well, for me, it was about the way these different um, ideologies are sort of like fighting against each other. And it's like shown really at the end um, when you see Don and that guy kind of fighting over, over Midge. That and utopias as well, and this kind of idea of this perfect society. And uh, while we're doing this kind of recap thing, I was saying to Helen that 
just to be a bit more relevant, I'm going to try and um, uh, connect what happens in the show to kind of what's happening now. It kind of shows how relevant the show is, even though, you know, there are no black people in the show whatsoever, almost not, almost no black people in the show whatsoever. It's kind of, it still manages to kind of comment on the times and, um, you know, in a really sort of accurate kind of way. Before you, before you go any further, yeah. we should probably say, in case someone's listening to this like two years in the future, yes, we should probably right. say what's happening. <laughs> right, that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh man, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Okay, so... Yeah, just so, just in case anybody is listening in the future, we, we've literally, we're in the middle of the COVID crisis. Um, George Floyd, sadly, was killed by the police. And um, there's been worldwide protests and rioting all over the planet. Uh, so if we're all still alive in another two years, um, that's what's been going on, if you weren't around. And do you know, um, I, I hope, dear person in the future, I hope we now live... In a much better world where yeah, I hope we're all hugging have, each other. Yeah, we're all hugging each other. Everyone's got equal rights. Yes, you know things are great. Everyone's you know there's no more of this police brutality um, against black people. And I really, I really hope for that. I really, I really, you know, I have a dream, and I hope that's that's going to happen. We'll really probably do. we'll probably be listening back to this and saying, "Do you remember when all that craziness was happening? It's so good that we're all so happy." And yeah. harmonious now. And we um, could go outside. Yeah. And we'll be outside, yeah. We'll be listening to this on our Walkmans. <laughs> if anyone has a Walkman any anymore. I love in it. The, in the future. Um okay, so so yeah, so that's that's basically what's been going on. There's a, a whole the wide worldwide kind of craziness and I feel like you you know, not that the show is kind of um, predicting any of this, but I feel like because the show is so authentically kind of psychological and psychology kind of, and, and ph- philosophical, it kind of deals with why these things kind of happen. Now, for instance, like in this episode, talking about the bird cage, that's more incidental, it's more happenstance, but the fact that, you know, everyone's been cooped up for so long, um, that kind of... And the totalitarian state of everything where everyone's kind of been watched and everyone's kind of been told you have to stay indoors, you're not allowed out of the house. And, you know, the whole thing with the police and everything kind of some people have been feeling the brutality of the police for a long, long time. And um, within the show, this is kind of like a very subtle warning for what's going on. I mean, at the end of this episode, it's quite a it's quite a harrowing, kind of really sad, um, tension-building kind of song that plays. Do you remember the song that plays at the end of the episode? By the waters, the waters. Yeah, oh yes! So, like, that whole kind of quite, you know, it's quite, it feels quite ominous. It feels very sad, and, it's, and with all the different um, cutting you know, in between all the different um, characters. Um, it just kind of feels like it's setting something up. And I feel like, yeah, we've kind of went through that with uh, what was going on, where everybody was cooped up, everybody was a bit stir-crazy as well. And all this other stuff was just kind of, you know, yeah, well, we'll go on and we'll we'll explain it. Uh, just uh, one other thing about this episode. There's a massive feature we talked about the first time round. Um, you know when Betty and Don are in bed? Well, I think Don's in bed and Betty's getting changed. Yes. And uh, Betty starts talking about this guy. I think it's David Rosenberg. Oh, yeah. Kissed her. Yeah. So that's another thing that kind of... It's this... So this whole idea of um, philosophies 
and, uh, and ideologies, sorry, um, and how they're sort of created and how, you know, we talk about inequality in the world and stuff, right? We're talking about how certain people get treated a certain way and how people sort of like try to attain this perfect um, image or what what's considered to be perfect. And when Betty's talking about that thing that happened to her where this guy kind of fancied her, mainly because she was sad, not necessarily because of the way she looked, um, everybody else all of these Jewish girls at the synagogue kind of tried to um, emulate her look. Mm. And that's kind of another thing that I don't know that I don't know that um, that ends up happening where people have, you know, there's a, there's a certain ideal that people kind of try to uh, emulate because of a certain thing. So that's why that's another reason why you have certain inequalities in the world because people see one other type of person or one other type of, way of being as the ideal way of being so they lose themselves within that and i feel like you know you could you could easily put that into the way people are treated the way we see ourselves you know all this kind of thing about race inequality and stuff and how people are kind of and how people are sort of seen to be of a certain status because of the color of their skin or whatever definitely i mean i I can see that and I i feel like that's what's interesting now having this conversation i mean there's been a few things recently obviously uh, there's been things like jk rowling tweeting about um trans people not being women or you know those sorts of things and there's it, it causes it sparks this huge debate huge debate about identity and what identity means and the thing is we're never really gonna agree (laughs) that's the thing is i think in terms of like equality i think that's something to achieve but in terms of identity i don't think anyone's ever going to agree because because we all come with our own ideologies our own backgrounds and because you know intrinsically a lot of that stuff is ingrained in people as they as they grow up it's like it's like if you follow a certain you know so for me i was obsessed with alanis morissette and now i now i can't cut my hair and i love really sad songs <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's alanis morissette's fault because i listen to her so much that doesn't really make sense but you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> it's not quite the same as uh the whole race thing but yes yeah, no, we'll no, we'll no, we'll no 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 i mean cool. yeah no but i mean you could use it in terms of women is is um you know it, it, even referring back to that lipstick scene it's like why do women why are women so obsessed with lipstick and making themselves up well exactly because that's that, that's a much better example than an asthma set but it's kind of like <laughs> you know you are, you're brought up to believe that you should look a certain way and if if you don't look that way then men won't find you attractive and then exactly. you also think well do men only find that thing attractive because they've been told that they should find that kind of woman attractive yes um and what's wrong with being a different kind of woman so yes exactly what's wrong with yeah. being a different type of woman what's wrong with being different and it asks all these other questions and it spreads out and it yeah stuff to talk about um, all right but I let's a, anyway, do episode seven let's do episode seven I guess, so, so episode seven is uh red in the face yes and in this episode roger hits on betty pete gets a toy gun and don gets his revenge on roger by taking him on a date this is the puke episode so i do remember <laughs> this one yeah um yeah what did you think about this? Do you remember what you thought about it? I do. It or... I do remember quite a lot about this episode because 
Um, it was very, we, we kind of figured out there were sort of three storylines. Everything seemed to come in threes a little bit. It was kind of like, you know, it, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of threes in it. And then, you know, this there's a lot of atrocious behavior in this episode, uh, which, you know, wouldn't I wouldn't tolerate in my own life. Um, so let's talk. About, oh, and there's the chip and dip, the chip and dip. Yeah. So the chip and dip. So for me, this episode, a lot of this episode was about well, the chip and dip. It was. It was no. It was, well, the chip and dip <laughs> comes into it. The chip and dip is really important. Um, I think this episode is really, really important to the whole show. Like literally the entire show from beginning to end. Um, and it because it uses this thing that I was talking about called Lacanian theory. <laughs> Lacanian theory. Remember that. No. You don't remember me talking about Lacanian theory and just like what getting is really it? Confused. Oh, is that the wait? That's the triangle, isn't it? Where it's yes. like one thing is is some. I did. I, Imaginar- I did draw the it. Imaginary, the real. That's and it. The that's the one. Something else. Okay. Yeah. So I'm with you. So the reason I I think this is really important, and also um, something I think I missed out was this guy called Epictetus. <laughs> he's Epictetus. A, yeah, Epictetus. He's a he's a philosopher. Um, and he's quite famous for talking about stoicism, which I kind of missed out. Um, and it kind of explains the whole thing about the car. Remember, I was asking like, why, why is Din? Why, why did we get that shot of Don directing um, Roger to the car? Yeah. And I was saying like, why is that there? And you were saying it's because he's like really old and <laughs> he's quite senile. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that kind of that kind of makes sense, but it wasn't it wasn't clicking with me and. Um, I think a big part of this is you see that Don through the entire episode, you, you even said it yourself, is he doesn't show any emotion or anything. He's very, very stoic. He is. Um, and there's a big thing with Epictetus. I'm going to try not to say that name because it's really confusing. Um, that he kind of, I, I didn't read too much into this, but he's, he's, one of his big things is this idea of concern and how we show concern and he has his own sort of explanations of what concern is and i'll probably come back to that in another episode because i can't i don't know enough about it now um but yeah the big thing for me is this idea of repression and lacan and lacanian sort of theory and stuff and actually i was gonna i need to send you a diagram basically because i think all the way through all these episodes that we've watched so far um, we see we've we've been hearing about two types of things. We've been hearing a lot about lobsters, and we've been hearing a lot about um, horses, right? Or horseshoes, mm-hmm. most, most most importantly. And they, they keep coming up. They just like keep uh, referring to them. Um, and I was looking around and I was sort of like just doing whatever I do on the show. And I was kind of I found these diagrams. I should have gotten ready for you. I'm going to send them to you now. So remember, we've got um, horseshoes and we've got lobsters, right? Right. This this is the first one. Okay. Is that a horseshoe? Well, that's what I think it looks like. (laughs) I I, I wasn't sure if it was the horseshoe or the lobster, but I think it's the... And this is... Does the other one look like the lobster? No way. The most impressive thing about this is that there's a graph that looks like a lobster. Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) 
and um and also and also i remember i sent you the i sent you the other one ages ago the one that i labeled chip and dip yeah it's basically just two circles yeah so basically there is something to do like there is a bit of lacanian theory they like you could describe a lot of the lacanian theory within like the idea of chains and how things how characters always want something and they're never quite satisfied so they're always wanting the next thing and this whole episode kind of goes through a bunch of chain reactions uh, with the characters. Um, but really, I think the real important stuff is within these diagrams and with mm. the idea of the chip and dip. And I just, I need to do a bit more reading on it because I don't really understand it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to leave that there. Um, one thing I could, one thing I can say to kind of, because um, I said I was going to connect everything to what's going on now. Um, again, we've got this idea where everyone's, you know, everyone's been, um, at the time we're at now, everyone's been locked up. Everyone's been sort of shut down and kind of can't go out of their houses in general across the literally across the entire globe. Um, and what we see with two of the characters, Betty and Don, is if you repress stuff, it usually comes out in quite a well in Betty's uh, case quite a violent reaction. Um, when she slaps um, a Helen in the face. Not you, but you think the Helen in the show. Oh, uh, yeah, in the supermarket. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's kind of, that's that's like a, I can't remember what the word is, but there's like a, you know, you sort of, uh, it's not compensation, but you sort of miss, you miss, you direct, you, you direct your anger in a different place. So she was quite scared of uh, confronting Don so she will confront someone who she's not scared of different quite easily. Mm. Um, there's also something that I'll come up with later, like involving Don, which is in a very similar kind of situation. Um, but yeah, so and that's kind of what what what's happened. What I've I, part of what's happened with this whole, you know, writing and looting and stuff. Um, obviously, people are gonna get angry about. Um, Eventually, people are going to get angry about someone getting shot, in, or someone dying in cold blood in front of in a camera uh, in front of millions of people uh, around the world on the internet. Um, but this has ha- this has happened a lot over the years, like since I don't know, it it, it happens a lot. And so, what's different about now? Obviously, we've waited a long time, but I do think that being cooped up has kind of galvanized people to kind of go out and sort of. People are still crazy and they, they they want to go out and sort of protest. What do you think? Do you think I'm crazy or? So what you're sort of saying is that Betty, that maybe that wouldn't have happened in the supermarket if Betty had been allowed to have her freedom. No, what I'm saying, well, see, I'm saying two things, I guess. One thing I'm saying is that if Betty had been able to really let go at Don when he kind of accused her of um, flirting with whoever, she wouldn't have slapped uh, Helen. She, she wouldn't have. She wouldn't angry. have like repress repress that anger and then let it yeah, out later exactly yeah. exactly she, yeah. she might have got angry but she wouldn't have you know she wouldn't have slapped her um and so that's what i'm saying about that but i'm also saying that um people the reason the response to to, to george floyd's death has been so big is yes it a it's a horrific thing to watch horrific mm-hmm. thing to watch but you've got to remember this is the entire world worldwide protest to this yeah and it's never it's unprecedented we've never seen anything like that before we've seen people die we've seen people protest 
Uh, we've even seen people loot before, but we've never seen like full on worldwide protests ever before. And the only thing different this time is everyone's been cooped up and everyone's been sort of, you know, ev- everyone's been cooped up. So I, I just find the two, they, I mean, look, they could be totally um, not related at all, but I don't know. I find that hard to kind of fully believe. But I mean, all right. Well, I mean, but the the goal of this was to sort of try and match it up with how people, and I think, you know, that's an unusual circumstance. But let's let's say really what that's about is people are sort of trapped in some way. So let's take let's take Pete and his little gun for this. Yes. So, um, without meaning to sound disrespectful, of course. but you know, in this episode, he he he's sort of trapped in his. He's got to be this husband. He's got to return the chip and dip, and then he he sort of takes a chance to do something a bit crazy and a bit violent. But people, but the thing is, Hilda is not afraid of him. So I think it's 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 a really sort of like there's a really strange parallel there because I, I agree with you that I think that this this you know sadly that this is bigger because people have been locked up, which I do think is you know shame because it should people be should have been, people yeah should have people, been this should have been angry beforehand yeah, absolutely definitely. but it's kind of like i think you never know you also i think sometimes you just don't know what that reaction is going to be and i think what's kind of spiraled from this is obviously now there's the great statue debate of 2020 yeah. um and that's been like a, a very so that's been a quite kind of knee-jerk thing where it sort of happened spontaneously in one location um, and now mm. everywhere else is sort of starting to to mirror that. Um, mm. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's the same thing, like Betty slapping Helen and Pete getting a, a gun and sort of aiming it at Hilda. Yeah, I think... A sort of the same thing. They are, They're just yeah. two completely different yeah. reactions to the same feeling of being trapped. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, but, yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next one? All right, let's move on. Let's move on. What we are now? Oh god, we're half an hour we're way behind, right? Oh, um, one thing, one more thing. I know I keep. I'm probably going to do this every time. You know when um Bet Don returns home and Betty's like, this is after Betty's been um after they've had their their argument, and um Don comes home and he says to Betty, um you only need to cook for one today, and she's like got this massive roast beef yeah yeah roast beef yeah i'll try to work out what that has to do with the show like how that fits in like stylistically with the show and uh it kind of uh, it re- I, I realized that the roast beef she's cooking is so big like she's kind of overcompensating and that's kind of one of the uh, uh defense mechanisms that i kind of kept bringing up so next up is episode eight which is called the hobo code yes. um in this episode Don tries to plan a weekend away. Things come to a head with Peggy. With Peggy, hey. <laughs> Things come to a head with Peggy and Pete, and Sal makes a new friend. Dot dot dot. Yes, and this is weird because this one, this is the one where, you know, they're very. We don't see many black people in this show, but there are two. There's two instances where there are black people in the show. Now there was the lift operator in the first one in in the episode beforehand. The red in the face episode but he's also in this one and he's in the very first scene with pete and uh, uh peggy peggy yeah and um 
And also we have like the there's a girl in you know later I don't even remember the episode there is a girl um at the party. Oh. Do you remember? I want to say a, an, I want to say yes. There's a guy with a fez on at that party. Just to okay. let you know, just so you remember what the party is. Yeah. I remember I remember the party. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly well yeah there you go so yeah so there is a black girl in that fight but she's very very you don't you wouldn't notice her unless you were like looking for her right okay um, but i'm gonna talk about that do you i want to i need to know what you actually remember about the show or if you kind of have any so i actually remember this one quite a lot i remember this one quite a lot um i feel like there was quite a lot to say about this episode obviously we got really like probably the first good glimpse into Don's past um and obviously that yes. whole hobo code thing i'm still i'm still trying to crack that at night i just go around <laughs> leaving chalk drawings on people's gates and see what happens and um no I, I you know i actually i feel like i really enjoyed that one obviously i was horrified that um peggy and pete got it on hmm. um and i was really sad about sal because well, he's not being were... true to himself you were totally on the money with this one. You said that um, you talk about Don and how he doesn't want to be controlled. No. Um, and you know, and it's kind of you see it all the way through. You see it with um, with Sal and that guy, and Sal references an early episode where uh, Don was giving money. Don was uh, giving money to Adam to get rid of him. It's too mm. many names. I'm getting I'm confusing myself, but. Um, uh we see that we see don do exactly the same thing basically at the end of this episode he gives money to midge and that presumably is the last time we're going to see midge because he realized he can't control her just like pete can't control peggy and um sal can't control this guy so because of that they say goodbye to the thing that could make them happy um and that's kind of that's I think when when we first did this, I said that this was a, a a lot of this had to do with objectivism and Ayn Rand, and yeah. So the big thing about the black people in this at the end of the episode, um, the Fez guy mentions this thing called Biloxi, um, this this whole situation with Biloxi, where wherein this guy, one of um, this black man, um, wanted to spend time on a beach because he kind of he paid his taxes. Technically, everybody was allowed to spend time on the on the beach, but this was before segregation was kind of abolished. And um, basically, it took him seven years of kind of a three three separate protests that got really violent um, for him and his family and other black people to be allowed to spend time on this beach. It took them so much um, protesting, so much pain, people dying. And like even the government kind of hunting down sort of members of of his team and sort of like trying to bribe them and and um, you know just really kind of underhandedly and this guy underhandedly trying to get to him and this guy just stuck to his guns and kept trying and kept pushing and kept pushing and eventually things changed and I don't want to draw too many you know you can draw your own comparisons to to what's going on now but. Um, I, I feel I feel like that's one of the great things about the show is, you know, there are literally you barely see any black people in the show because of the characters, and because of their point, at how things worked at that time. But I do think constantly, it's kind of 
talking about even though that you can't see black people in the show you can still kind of it's still commenting on on black people my only issue with it and this is with the whole show and i've kind of and i have there might be a, a a reason for this but um my only issue is i don't know how many as much as i'm quite happy for there to be not necessarily that many black people on screen i'd like i would like it if there was more black people behind the scenes do you know what i mean Yes. Um, that's kind of... But then again, we might see something come up later that might... Um, I don't know. not Maybe not make it better, but kind of explain things and kind of explain how how the show works in that respect. Um, but yeah, that, that'll come later. Um, I just want to see if there's anything else I wanted to say about this episode. Oh, um, there's also a bit in this where... Um, so there's the flashbacks. Remember the flashbacks? Uh, yeah, that's with the the hobo with his little chalk symbols, right? Yes, yes. What's really interesting about those flashbacks is <laughs> um, Don's Don's stepmother, or whatever she's called. She basically describes. It's just a little Easter egg, but she describes. Um, she says that life is like a horseshoe. It's fat in the middle and open on both ends. <laughs> it's mm. such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a really bad phrase it's the it's the upcut it's like it's just another little easter egg where they mentioned um horse. do you reckon they were like just playing a drinking game when they were like one of them had horseshoe and they had to try and like get horseshoe in the script <laughs> as many maybe, times as possible and then maybe, people would maybe, have to take a drink yeah maybe they did maybe they did i i do think it's i do think it so that that diagram that i sent to you i think that is a way of sort of not maybe explaining but um um categorizing human behavior basically that diagram is a diagram of desire it's lacan's diagram of desire desire i think mm. and it and i was trying to i've been watching lectures and stuff trying to explain how it works and i just can't get my head around it but um a lot of it deals with how you sort of try to obtain the things that you need and, and desire and uh, yeah, I'll tell you more about it when I understand it. But um, I think we should move on before I start talking bollocks again. I did have one thing that I did want to say about this episode. And actually, yeah. coincidentally, it's about the flashbacks. Okay. Right. So all through that, we're, we're Don. And, and he's sort of like apart from the action in the sense that what happens is really goes on between Don's father and this hobo gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hobo gentleman explains his code and then the next day we see that the man of the house I suppose doesn't pay him for the work that he's done no so he leaves the well he leaves right yeah. but he doesn't he's already drawn that chalk drawing on that fence post before he left before he's oh, left he's, right? he's already said he's a so he's already man. said he's a dishonest man now oh, I, did, I hang on wait but did, wait 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 uh, wait uh, <laughs> so my question was thinking about this a little bit afterwards was i wonder if from the perspective of don at, at that age whether he thought that that meant that he was a dishonest man too oh no i, I don't i don't think that well, what do you mean? Do you mean Don as Don the person? As in Don as a child perceives yeah. that to be 
a sign that he is also a dishonest man? No, I don't. Because I think that... Um, I think he he sees that and sees his dad as the dishonest man. He sees his dad as... And he doesn't want to be like his dad. Which is why when he, it comes but out... We know, that, but we know. But we know that he is a dishonest man. He knows that he is a dishonest man. So... I don't know. He no, he knows that he he knows he's done everything he can to get away from his poverty. But when he goes to his son and says, I'll never lie to you, he's desperately trying to prove that he's not dishonest. Even though he can't tell everyone who he is or whatever, I still think uh, you look, look, I don't know Don, like I think the whole point is just supposed <laughs> he's to He's your buddy. You're supposed to you're supposed to kind of you know make your own conclusions about this thing and I, to me he don doesn't isn't proud of that he's not a dishonest man in that he's not trying to be dishonest he's not trying to deceive people he just he but that knows. doesn't just because you're not but he is trying to de- deceive people in in a maybe not in a malicious way but he's so trying to deceive people i mean first of all he's not who he says he is second of all he's cheated on his wife third of all he's <laughs> disowned his brother like fourth or like i mean i could go on like he's like seriously dishonest but he's also deluded because he doesn't because i think what he feels is he maybe you're right maybe it wasn't directed to him but he witnessed that shame of being associated with a dishonest man as a child and he never wants his son to think that way about him even though yeah, he knows that he is a dishonest man I, yeah i think I, actually i think that's i think that's that's what i was trying to say is that he's he knows how he feels about his father and he doesn't want his father his son to feel the same way about him that he feels about his father so that's why he, so yeah so I, I don't and i think and, and this is the point i i think because you said like did that make him feel dishonest? I don't think that particular um, uh, period in his life made him feel like, well, I'm I'm just I'm marked as a liar now. Do you know what I mean? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lie. It's just that's just the way things turned out. That's the way things played out, and he is now actually a liar. And it's like, oh shit, this actually happened to me. And I think that's why he panics and goes and sees his son. Um, mm. One more, one more thing about that guy because I mentioned the girl, the black girl, and I kind of didn't say anything about it. Um, she says one thing. She says one specific thing at the end of the episode, like towards the end of the episode. She says, um, "How come every time we have a party, the ladies have to sit and watch the men talk?" And um, that, to me, kind of the fact that she says that. I don't think it's necessary. Look, it, you can see it as a kind of a pointed. Um, reference to gender but I think because she says it, it's, it and also because at the same time this guy tells this story about Biloxi or kind of mentions Biloxi I feel like that there's something there about how you know how black people kind of have to be silent in some sort of way while everybody else is talking um, but that's just what I picked up from it I could be totally just putting words in like people's mouths and stuff so i don't know you probably don't did you remember it to be on to be honest i really didn't um that's no worries so i mean i I, you know you can go back and watch it and then fully appreciate what you're saying yes (laughs) hindsight is a beautiful thing it is (laughs) that's what we're using now yes Uh, okay well what's the next one 
Right, next one. So, our next episode is number nine, which was Shoot. Uh, and in this episode, Don is courted by a bigger company, Betty attempts to return to work, and Pete has a bright idea. And there are more birds. There are more birds, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, I think you're totally right on that, and I can't believe we tried yes! to do it. Yes! <laughs> I love it when um, he says that. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, Don... Don was the, the keeper of web. You win. <laughs> now, what changed your mind? I was just watching it again and just kind of like thinking about it. Um, I find it's find it really hard to kind of trying to you. I think the fact that yeah, the fact that he cares about the pigeon or whatever, and he does sort of he looks after it even when it's kind of and and we also had a i don't know if you remember i was literally editing this episode uh yesterday so i kind of it's quite fresh in my mind but we had a bit of a disagreement on whether don loves betty oh yeah <laughs> and i'm kind of and I, again i think he probably does but i don't think he knows what love is so like i think he depends on her and he I think he does love I her. Don't, I don't know. I I, uh, I think I think he cares about her. I don't know if he loves her. All right. Oh, you changed your mind because you were like saying like you say he definitely loves her. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I like to. I like to just. <laughs> I like to just change my mind. Fair enough. <laughs> I think. I think. He, I don't think he does. He do, he doesn't know how to love, does he? Yeah, I think that's the point. Is he doesn't know how to love. I think he has a lot of issues with love, like. Definitely, he's kind of told the story now. So his mum died at birth, right? And if you think about it, that means that he's never really had that uh, maternal kind of love. So he's always going to be distrustful of it. But he's always going to crave it because he's a human being. So there's always this push push and pull of like, you know, needing this affection while at the same time being very suspicious of that affection and being sort of, you know, being locked in and being sort of feeling trapped. But this episode, I was saying... It's about populism, and I mentioned Andy Warhol. Yes. Yes, I was saying that Don does have all the power. You I think you said that as well. You kind of said that by being silent in this whole episode, despite the fact that everybody's fighting over him and everyone around him is really loud and sort of quite, you know, you know, you see like Pete being kind of everyone laughing at his jokes and everything at the end of the episode. Despite all that, Don is the one with all the power. Which is really interesting. That's like it's almost like that kind of silent kind of strength almost trumps all the populism and all the kind of loud sort of toing and froing of all these different people. Mm. Which I find really fascinating. Oh, and one thing that we need to talk about with this one that comes up every time. So the final shot. Do you remember what the final shot is? Before we before we move on to this, can I just say something about what you just said about silence and strength yeah because that's actually quite related to what's happening now yes as well because there is a huge debate over you know there are some people who are screaming their heads off on social media and of all places uh, mm-hmm. and there are other people who might be listening and learning and, and doing the same thing but not not actively sort of speaking out and, and yelling yeah and i think there's been a lot of sort of criticism of and people who are saying you know actually staying silent is what's stopping progression and that yes. everyone needs to speak up yeah. um and to that end do we think that 
Don is stopping his own progression by not speaking up? Yeah, I do. I think, so I think, so the whole point of the episode is like populism. And really that's kind of fake, uh, fake confidence, right? And Don, through this episode, he doesn't do anything. He just doesn't say anything. So he kind of is always just kind of waiting to see what happens and how to respond to it. Yes. And But what he's doing within that is he's not really doing what he wants. He's just almost like hiding from danger. He's not putting himself out there and sort of grabbing what he feels like he's um, entitled to he's waiting for someone to give him something now at the same time he does go to roger at the end of the episode and say and like you know actually he, no he goes to roger at the end of, at the end of, of the episode and he asks him for a million dollars and then roger says no so then he changes it to um to, to for like 10 grand more than he's getting but he's the only reason he's at that point is because he's managed to keep silent for so long and and he's also running away from being because what he could do if he really wanted to is he could just go out there and you know take the job that got offered to him and he'd get loads of new things or he could go out and sort of make his own kind of way in the world and just do things on his own but he doesn't do that. He just waits for other people to make decisions and then react to them, which means he'll never kind of, he'll never do the one thing he wants because he's not sticking to one thing. He's just kind of going along with the ride and taking the things that people offer to him. And I guess it's, I guess on some level it's a, it's a strategy, but I don't know if anyone ever really appreciates you for you. You know? Yeah. Or am I just talking about it? No, I I think it's a, I think it's a very it's it's a tricky one because whichever you could look at that silence in a few different ways. You could look at it as him being powerful, you could look at it as him being confused, you could look at it as him being scared. Like what that actually what that silence means, we don't know. In my recollection of that episode the the knee jerk reaction was when he got those pictures of Betty, yeah, um, and it's kind of like I think that's when he was sort of like actually, this, you know, this guy is playing way beyond what would normally. I mean, yeah, Roger might come to my house and flirt with my wife for a bit, yeah. but you know, this guy's got her a job modeling Coca Cola, and I can't yeah. control that, and that's out of my league. I need to stay in my shell and in that sense he does stay silent because it it, i guess it was an opportunity for him to speak out and do something different and and he doesn't really he returns to his fold and just gets a few perks for staying and also he lies through the whole thing he lies about what about wanting betty to to do the job in the first place when he's not saying like i want you to stay at home and look after the kids i mean not that that's a great thing to do but like at least he's putting it out honestly Mm. what he wants Doreen, um, I'm trying to think what else happens in the show. So, um, Pete has a bright idea, and I can't, that doesn't really come into it. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, I just think he's very kind of, he's not very strong within this. But I guess 
the uh, if we want, we want to bring it to round to the to what's going on today. Um, so this this is there the is, one that I... wait 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 actually I've I've just figured something out. Okay, so this is also the episode where she tells the story of how her and Don met, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And isn't the story that he uh, he saw her on a shoot or he was a copywriter on a shoot? He asked her out, yeah. she said no, and then he's silent for a while, and then he sends the the coat or something that she was wearing yes. in the in yeah. the. So I mean, maybe the silent thing has worked <laughs> out for him in the past. Well, like... she, she she doesn't say anything about him being silent. She says that he. She said she didn't hear from him until and the next thing. I'm pretty sure she says something along the lines of, "I I I didn't hear from him," and then again until this fox coat arrived at my apartment or something to that effect. I believe. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just paraphrasing in my mind, but (laughs) I don't know. I get this impression that this is certainly a, a. a Don tactic to see almost like to give him an opportunity to choose which side he's going to be on and which side he thinks will win in the long run. Well, there's there's another point within the episode where, you know, I said, that's the thing I forgot. So there's, there's a bit where Pete, so Pete and Harry come up with that scheme to, you know, buy up all the ad space. So yeah. Yeah. For laxatives. So, and then there's a bit where they're in the meeting room and they're all talking and um, Roger and Coop, Cooper come in and they're like, who did this with the laxatives? And they're all like angry and stuff. And Pete and Harry don't say a word. Like Pete says nothing, mm. absolutely nothing until he's sure that he's done something. You know, they, they're happy about it. After yeah. which he's kind of like, hey. And it's kind of, yeah, that's exactly what, Don does he kind of waits to find out what you know what the what side so that's how populism works isn't it it's like um you're that's that's why you don't trust these kind of weird leaders that are kind of they seem to just go with whatever everybody likes they don't actually have their own take on things um and it's like you know think about like think about Donald what's his name Don Donald Trump. President of America, Donald Trump. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about Donald Trump very often. What oh, can I say? No. Think about Don- think about Donald Trump. He, um, like years ago, he was like liberal and sort of and like the most liberal person, like the most liberal millionaire on the planet. He was like you know going around hanging around with all these pop stars and celebrities and constantly going on TV shows and and like you know just you know you can look it up it's like he was a very liberal guy but as soon as he gets like a shot of presidency he becomes this hard line um, this hard line conservative it's like there's no kind of real person there it's just kind of whatever works and that's kind of what Don goes with and that's what Pete went with and that's how we're here and at the end of that episode I, I think I mentioned it in the the actual episode that we did but um, there's a massive fight between Pete and um, and Ken, and the two most powerful people in the office, Roger and um, and Don at the time, just walk away kind of unfazed while all this mayhem's going on behind them. And you know, I don't need to spell it out for you, but we're kind of there now, right? <laughs> so um, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I think I think that's the one that kind of stood out to me the most as of like having some sort of comment on what's going on now. Mm. Um, 
Is there anything else you want to say about this one? Nope. Okay. Oh, there is one more thing I want to say. Okay, I've oh. literally done this every single time. I'm sorry. They're just like two right, little Easter eggs. From here on out, from here on yeah. out, whenever you ask me, oh, you're done, I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to be like, what's your last thing, Fola? <laughs> right, Share okay. it with us. <laughs> okay, so there's two Easter eggs um, that uh, I think people got confused by. And this is my take on them. I don't know if, the, if it's correct or what. but um, Well, the first thing is... Therapy in this show, I think therapy was kind of like because I watch a lot of um, Mad Men and uh, Sopranos, and Sopranos therapy is used as a way of it's the best way of describing what's going on in the protagonist's head, and it kind of it touches on things and they explain everything perfectly, but it touches on things and you get like, um, yeah, you get you get an idea of what's going on. But what I've realized in this show is therapy is used as a metaphor for control. It's like the biggest metaphor for control. Um, because obviously Betty goes to see a therapist. But every time we see Betty at the therapist, we think he's listening to everything she's saying and then just going and telling it to Don. Um, so that's my first thing that f- thought that came up. And the second one is... Um, Betty mentions like so when you probably don't remember this because it's kind of a pretty small scene but Sally starts crying about the dogs uh, and and the pigeons and all that kind of stuff and the guy saying he's going to shoot the dog and um, she goes to see Betty she's crying and then she goes away and they take her away and she's, she feels a bit better and then Betty and Don get back into bed and Betty says to Don she wants to take a picture of Sally's crying yeah and it's the weirdest thing. Um, and it's basically based on... I can't remember the guy's name now. I should have written it, written it down. It's basically based on this um, uh, this uh, modern pop artist who basically did a picture called The Crying Girl. You know the... Um, have you seen... You've seen, actually. You know the you know the, the comic-inspired... Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein, that's the guy, yeah, Lichtenstein, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, him, he kind of did the crying girl thing, and that's oh. a reference to that, and he also did the, so in the next scene, straight after that, um, they're sort of congratulating Don on some pitch that he did, and I think Harry says something about, it was like a sonic, it was like a jet, a sonic boom jet kind of going over the um, the marketing world. Um, which is kind of another picture that uh, Lechenstein did. Uh, that's just uh, a little, little bit of trivia there for you. <laughs> Love it. Love a bit of trivia. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess the next one, yeah. All right, let's move on to episode 10, Long Weekend. Uh, and this ep- in this episode, uh, it's Labor Day weekend and Don and Roger get into some after-work hijinks. Joan has a night on the town with her friend Carol, and Betty takes the kids to the beach. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah. like something else quite big happened in this episode. Yeah, uh, Roger almost died. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that. That's the ticket. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think of this? this? This we did this last week, so, so this is I only last week. So I, yeah, I've got, well, I've, you know, I. I don't know. I didn't really feel this episode that much. Oh, you didn't like it, to did be you? honest. No. no, I wasn't that that keen on it. I sort of thought it was a bit 
just everywhere like there was that yeah. there was bits about politics and the the different campaigns there was yeah, you know yeah. i feel like the bit with with joan we've just had a like in every episode in the last like three episodes someone's been rejected in like some way <laughs> do you know what yeah. i mean but like in a, in that sort of almost intimate setting like first of all it was sal yeah um yeah. i can't remember who it was the week after but then you know this this time it's uh it's Carol. Joan, who's Carol, sorry. And it's kind of like all these people are just hiding who they are. And I don't know. I feel like that just made me sad. So I just, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and then and then there's the bit with the, the twins and it just all got a little bit, it got a little bit weird in like The Shining, but in, it's very weird. yeah, it's a bit weird. It's, um, it's, it, yeah, this one's a strange one. So this one for me, so I said that this one was about Martin Heidegger and existentialism. And I think the biggest things I can say about this. So, yeah. So the whole point of this episode, uh, a lot of the stuff that happens in this episode is Don. And Don, and you see Don being told what to do. And Don sort of like, he just bossed around a lot, basically. Mm. He's very kind of, and the whole thing with existentialism is this idea. It's, it's when you sort of ask yourself, what's important in life and it usually comes before it usually comes after a brush with death um you come close to death you come close to actual death you come close to the idea i think i mentioned it like you're gonna die we know you 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 confront you're confronted with the fact that you're definitely gonna die and it could happen at any time so with that in with that information in your mind which kind of creates this anxiety what are you going to do to uh, to deal with that, right? And and obviously, you know, bringing it to current events in the world, literally everybody in the world is confronted with this death, while at the same time being told what to do, being like literally told, you know, stay in your houses, don't do this, don't do that. And then you see a man die and then then you get the result of what happened and people go crazy. So in this episode, when that happens, when that happens to Don, he, well, the interesting thing is uh, that we didn't mention the first time we talked about it um, is when he's in the hospital, they see a TV, um, a TV ad for um, what's his name? The, the, was it Eisenhower? Yeah. Eisenhower. Um, the president at the time and someone asked Eisenhower what decisions did Nixon make when he was your vice president and Eisenhower said I don't think he made one decision and Don's watching this on on screen and that's as soon as he sees that he kind of he just walks off and then he goes to see um he goes to see Rachel and him sort of recognizing that he needs he's made bad choices up until this point he's up until this point he's gone with you know he's got the pretty girlfriend he's he's got the pretty wife sorry he's got the great job he's got everything he could possibly want and he's not happy because he's just he's literally like like we said in the other episode this is a guy that's just been swept along by the things that are around him you know in the same way that advertising tells us what to do he's been swept along with what the trappings of a successful man and he hasn't actually made a decision on his own and when he goes to go and see Rachel that's when he he finally makes a decision to do something that 
isn't aimed at being successful it's aimed at him being happy and i think that's exactly what happened with society in general um when all this stuff kicked off confronted with death everybody said we need to do the right thing and that's why you see people on the streets marching all over the world literally this is happening as we live and breathe mm. people protesting around the world it's insane it's crazy um but yeah it's it's that's all that's what i mean like the, the show kind of just kind of blows you away sometimes oh i think that was very beautiful fella and oh thank you a lovely place to maybe end the episode <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh, we're in. We do just over an hour, just over an hour. Just over um, an hour. So that's not too bad, actually. So yeah. I feel like I feel like that was good. If you like the duration of this podcast, do e- email in and let wait, us know. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Sorry, I've done it again. Oh, okay. Sorry, we're, we're, we're going back to episode 10 now to just further discuss, even no, though no. even though we left it at such no. a beautiful place. No, I know, I know. Maybe I'll change it. I'll, I'll move it earlier on in the in the thing but i need to mention this because i did mention earlier on in the episode earlier on in this show i did mention that um i was a bit worried about the way the there doesn't seem to be any black people associated with Mad Men, um beyond like the odd actor here and there right mm. but this uh, so but long weekend was the episode that we mentioned marlon rice in yes and marlon rice as I, just to explain anyone who hasn't heard which, that which one which one now though the the real one or the other one the real one the real okay one. so marlon rice is so <laughs> for anyone who didn't hear that episode um, i have this crack for insane theory absolutely insane i'm not debating the fact that this is insane but um there's a character mentioned in this episode called marlon rice and i looked him up online i couldn't find anyone like he's his name's Marlon Rice. He in the show he is a poet from Yale, um, but in real life, when I looked him up online, he's a guy from Brooklyn. Coincidentally, a black man from Brooklyn, who um, who basically explains one of the themes of the episode beautifully in a post that's online that anyone can read, and I found it weirdly coincidental even though it's not the same person that he would have to literally be able to kind of sum up what part of this episode's about. And I just, in my mind, I just want to believe that Matthew Weiner knows this guy, that he's friends with him for some reason or whatever, and decided to put him in the show and that he knows loads of black people and he hangs out with them all the time. Uh, I don't have no, <laughs> got no evidence I mean, of that. Should we, should we go on his <laughs> Facebook profile and look for his friends? Let's not do that. <laughs> let's not, let's do not, that. not do that. But Marlon, if um, you're listening, we love you. We, we all, think you're great. We yes. think you're fab. Um, but yeah, and, and it does give me hope that, um, you know, it's not as, even though the show gets a lot of crit- criticism um, for the lack of black people, in real life, I think that um, Matthew Weiner... I hope that Matthew Weiner kind of knows a lot of black people. But I'm, I'm going to leave it there now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, but it is something in the industry that needs to change. I think we've sort of mentioned that before. We both sort of work in the entertainment industry in some form or another. Um, yes. And, you know, we both, I think, 
have sort of said that things need to change uh, in in the future, in the near future, and for the substantial future, not just a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, I agree. But it's getting a bit late now, so we should probably say goodbye. Yes. All right. Well, just don't forget to uh, email us, tweet us. Uh, we're still looking to give away uh, nothing but the glory for being the first person to email us who isn't, you know, from like, uh, I don't know, some sort of spam bot or whatever. Um, so, yeah, but please do get in touch. So I'm just going to leave it to Fola to say. Uh, don't forget, everyone. Mad Men. Don't forget, everyone. Sopranos is better. Goodbye. Goodbye.